Hey now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here at the Momentum Studios. Myself, Spencer Shea, yeah, how you feel? I'm so good, man. I want you to know that I'm doing so good. It is a beautiful day in Portland. We're in the Momentum Studios. Yes, we indeed. took a break last week. Yeah, we did. Back. We deserved it, too. Well, you know, every once in a while. It. Rest is important. Yeah. Rest is important. Man. Definitely. I never need to get more of that. Definitely. <laughs> I'm, Definitely. I'm talking about and, rest is important. I never sleep. And, That's all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty busy myself, so I hear you. Um, but yeah, we just took the week off. It, it, it technically was a holiday week still. You know what I mean? So it was like, you know what? You know, we've had a long weekend. Obviously, we don't record until later in the week, but... Again, we we deserve the week off. We could we could do with it. And and a lot happened. Uh, yeah, over the last week while we were well, chilling. two weeks. I mean, because again, we haven't recorded. I mean, you, y'all haven't gotten an episode in two weeks now. Right. When, once you hear this episode, obviously, right. and it releases. So, yeah, it's been two weeks. Two weeks, dude. Let's start with wind shares, though. Well, wind shares are. I mean, for me, every day above six feet above Earth is a oh, win for me. <laughs> Here we go, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mr. <laughs> T- give me an announcement. <laughs> we know you're alive. No, I'm well, playing. no, I'm just waiting. No, I feel you. I feel you. You know, I, listen, I, I'm D-Boy's album coming out. I got some, I've been working on that, you know, on some tracks with him. With yeah. That. I'm excited about that because For I sure. think it's the music. I mean, I'm not trying to tell tales out of school, but I think it's his best some of his best music that i've heard him make yeah and that yeah. isn't just because i'm on some of them <laughs> yeah for sure for sure but y'all been in the lab working yeah man trying to work man trying to get back into the music thing as much as like it just you know easing my way into it everyone's always asking me bro they're like yeah you still play you still play i'm like every day man all the time it's yeah just, you know i just been sort of uh you know low-key with it but i got a lot of friends that i'm trying to make music with shout out to ian Lindsay if he's here i got stuff going on with him my friend austin he is uh, uh, has a group called Mystery Tape that he makes a lot of great music, like dance stuff, and I do some work with him, like on the low too. And so all of this stuff is culminating. All yeah. of this stuff is it's percolating. You're in the lab. You know? You're cooking. So that's what I'm sharing with you. Definitely, my wind shares got a lot of gigs coming up. I'll be DJing away, so y'all pull up wherever you want to come. Um, let's start with next Friday, July 22nd. I will be back up, back up on the 16th floor export bar and lounge. It's a rooftop bar at the Porter Hotel in downtown Portland over on 2nd and Columbia. I used to DJ there prior to the pandemic. Obviously, I, I DJed there all the way up until the world shut down. Um, and they've been closed for the majority of the pandemic. They just reopened in like February, but they hadn't had any entertainment back. And uh, we're bringing it back starting July 22nd. And I'll be there on the 22nd and the 29th. And by the looks of it, Fridays will be my day. I'll let y'all know officially next week. Um, but it's looking like this is going to turn into a residency. So I'll be there Friday the 22nd as well as Friday the 29th of this month. I'll also be at the Bible Club. On Sunday, July 24th, so you could pull up there, outdoor patio vibes, big chilling. Um, you know, I, it's definitely a, a spot that that I've been frequenting. That's the spot that I've actually been DJing at most to this point of the summer. I think Export's about to change that, though, because going up there weekly, um, you know, that would be cool. But definitely Bible Club, you can pull up there. Um, I'll also be at Bible Club on August 6th. I believe that's a Saturday, so you could pull up then as well. So, Plenty of chances for y'all to come out and listen to me spin some records, you know, rock the room or the patio, if you will, speaking of the Bible club. But, hey, there's a patio at Export as well. It's a rooftop bar, and they have a patio like Export, attached to the end. I think it's the best venue in Portland, personally. Not, not as far as, like, the most lit, but I'm more so speaking the bones of the place, the aesthetic. You know what I mean? The vibe. It's in downtown Portland. You're on the 16th floor, so you got a great view and a great skyline of the city, of the water. You can you can see over the water, um, you know, yeah. and again, and it's so new because they had only been open for maybe a year and a half leading up to the pandemic. So it was already a newer venue because it had just opened in 2018. Like I said, midway, I think, summer 2018, somewhere around there. Obviously, things shut down in March of 2020. So it was a very new venue already and still is, obviously. It's not even a five-year-old venue. But once the pandemic 
came and shut everything down. It actually took them a while to open back up, and they just opened back up around like February of this year. I think that was what it was, right? February, uh, somewhere around there. Earlier early, this year, though. early, early uh, in the year, early in the year, earlier in the year, they reopened. It might have even been March, April. It might have even been March, April. Really, more so March. I think it was probably around March, um, right as college hoops and all of that was mm. ending. Um, but either way, it just opened a few months ago, and they haven't had any entertainment because obviously they were just trying to get things back together, pull things back together. It's a spot that I would consider to be recession-proof. So we're obviously in a time period right now where nobody wants to work, and so they reopen this bar, and they've only got a especially, few staff there. Especially in Portland. Yeah, nobody <laughs> wants to work. You know, folks folks have, have said forget about having a, a nine-to-five or just a job in general since the pandemic has come around. So being able to hire and, and even retain staff is something that's been really hard to do since this, since this pandemic sprung upon us, if you will. But – they opened this bar back up and they were getting they were getting mobbed. Not mobbed in a way where it's like they were flooded with people, but it's a recession proof spot. It's a popular spot. It's a trendy spot, if you will. So people were excited that they were reopening and they were pulling back up. And it might have been three bartenders and and one of those bartenders had to be a runner, a bartender server, like it was just tough for him, you know what I mean? So the service was not the greatest at the time. Um, but since then, man, they have really, really pulled it together. Yeah, They've you made four hires. Like on your game and really working hard, I think, now more than ever in the bar game because – that's everyone's competing so hard now. Not really. Well, no, I know, no, listen, no, but no, listen, no, listen, no, listen. It's no, nobody listen. coming to take the jobs. No, 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 but listen to what I'm saying. Like, uh, like uh, this place, uh, I see new places all the time. And yeah. They open up and they're very trendy and they get bombed out because it's like an, I don't know, it's like a social media spot. Yeah, 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 yeah. People yeah. go trendy. in there, people go in there to try to get there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah drinks or whatever but the all of the bars around the areas of like trendy bars and i know some of these bartenders like they're all like looking down the down the barrel of some of these places that are making a lot of money and they're like trying to up their cocktail programs and stuff and they are trying to get better yeah and trying to up their game this place has definitely upped its game export export is definitely well, up like its game. i said they've had to everyone has had to because yeah. there's great bars Everyone is – like, there are bars that are working really hard that are setting the – like that place Teardrop. They just got put on uh, the 50 best bars in America. They're, they're on that list, like, every no, year. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a different no, list. It's a different they made list. a different list this year, it's, huh? It's a different list. <laughs> <laughs> they're always on somebody's list. They're but on somebody's list. Yeah, but, but I mean, which yeah, is a good but, thing, obviously, but – Yeah, no, I, I, just, I just say all that to say that you got to really compete. Like, I don't I don't know how bars that or, – or clubs or venues that don't have, like – that social media aesthetic, yeah, coupled with, you know, like you said, it's a recession-proof bar mainly because of the hotel, but also because of just the aesthetic, the aesthetic of the <laughs> yeah, bar for sure. Like I, you could be selling, you know, Kool Aid and and handles at HRD out of, yeah. out the, from behind that bar, but you know, people are still going to find a way to show up. Absolutely, so and, and so it's a cool spot in that regard. But they're now staffed up. I mean, I went there. I went up there yesterday um, because I was meeting with the with the GM up there, and we were just kind of sorting everything out, details out um, for what's about to become. And um, like, I got there maybe like 15, 20 minutes before they open, so I can meet with her. And I, the doors were locked, doors were closed. I mean, as soon as the door opened, there was like a wave of like thirty people that came in. Like waiting in, there's like a hallway. Once you go up the elevator, there's like a hallway that you stand in or that you exit the elevator. You walk down a very small hallway and you come into the venue, into the space. And uh, yeah, folks were just waiting for the doors to open. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And this is at <clears throat> 4 p.m. You know what I'm saying? So folks waiting for the doors to open and from there like it's a constant flow throughout the day which is why it was really hard for them when they only had like three staff <laughs> because they were reopening yeah, and that's not gonna they go. weren't able to serve people the way that they wanted to and obviously they didn't have entertainment as well at that time and uh but they've definitely like 
built the staff up. They got they got a solid number of staff there. The service is a lot better there. Um, and now we got entertainment coming through. So yeah, and I think here we that, go. And I think that the entertainment is going to kind of do the same thing, just like the cocktail programs at these bars. It's like because bars know that they have to compete. And yeah. talking about we need to get it. The best way to get entertainment, the most streamlined way, is to get a DJ. I will say this. And you know what I like most about it? The first time that I used to DJ there, when I first attempted to DJ there, like I said, it's 2018, if you will. 2019, actually, was when I began DJing there. They opened in 2018. But um, it it was kind of a process for me to get started there. Like, they had a couple of DJs in rotation up there, but nothing too crazy. And so I had reached out. I met with the GM. I had become really cool with one of the bartenders there. And I was, for about five months, I was campaigning. And I was... I was pretty persistent in letting them know I wanted to DJ there. I wanted to be the new guy up there. And uh, what they made me do was submit a playlist of all house music. And I did it because I I did it. <laughs> so stupid. I did it. Well, let's talk about it. Let's so talk about stupid, it. Stupid, dude. I did it because I really wanted to be at this venue. Like, I really liked this venue, and I knew that – I had something to add to this venue that obviously wasn't there yet, especially due to the fact that all they played there was house music. And so I, I'm like, I'll, I'll make up a house playlist. I start reaching out to friends that I know go to like raves and stuff like that because I don't listen to house music. Um, but I do listen to music with house elements. But I'm hitting up friends like, man, just send me like 10 or 12 house songs and let me just compile this playlist together based on all my friends doing this. And I submit it to the folks at Export. They approved the playlist. My first day coming in there and gigging, I had a whole separate playlist or, or a set of songs, if you will, that I knew I always wanted to play in that venue that I felt would work in that venue that ultimately did. And I basically didn't play anything off the off the list and that I submitted I, to them. And I guarantee and you, I became, nobody noticed. And I, if they were in there, nobody which, noticed. Which the people that I are became asking a fan for favorite. those lists are not there in the first place. Number yeah. one. So what are you even approving? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And secondly, even yeah. if they were in there, they're probably going, "Yeah, all this music, I approve this music." And yeah. Like, yeah. Well, we didn't play any of the shit that yeah, I sent you. Absolutely. So, I don't know, dude. It's so. I stupid. went against the grain, dog. Well, it's so stupid, though. Think about that concept. It's being like, oh, I'm going to hire an interior decorator, but before you come and work for me, I just want you to send me a list of your favorite 100 colors. Yeah. And it's like, okay, why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> for what? I just want to see if you can name 100 colors. Okay, yeah, right. sure, man. Here's Cerulean. Get the fuck. You know what I mean? It just yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, man. but it, it just, happened. It was a part of the process, and uh, that's why I don't do that shit. But since then, since <laughs> then, things have weirdos. Since then, let's, again, that was in 2019. No, I, I, yeah, yeah. Since yeah, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. things no, have changed, and I I will be playing an open format set on Fridays. Of course. I will not be playing house music, nor am I restricted or have been told or had to submit a house playlist to the folks. They're allowing me to come in there, open format, play to the crowd, play to the vibe, which is what I feel like I do best anyway. So that makes it even better, and that makes me all the more excited to know that I have the freedom to be able to play what I think should be played in that moment rather than playing some house music just so that – we can kind of massage the vibe, if you will, that obviously wasn't a great vibe. And again, <laughs> again, the place is recession-proof. So I'm not saying that they needed me by any means for them to be able to maintain and for them to be able to survive. What I will say, though, is you could tell the difference. The nights that I DJed there, that the bartenders and the staff was a lot more happy because they stayed busier because folks weren't just coming to take their social media and photo bouncing and, after and bouncing drink. after one drink because mm -hmm. the music and the vibe was, was so right. good and you have that drink to go with it, you don't really want to leave it. That house music will get you in and out. You'll get your little social media picture and and, and you'll you'll get out of there your essentially. Of you'll get what you need. Yeah, you'll get what you <laughs> need. You know what I mean? And so uh excuse me. And so, yeah, it's not that anymore. So y'all really should pull up because I can really vibe out. And again, don't get me wrong. Do I listen to a lot of street thuggish hip hop? Absolutely. This ain't that type of venue, which means I am going to play the records that need to be played in that particular moment. So if it gets to a point where we get a little street and it's we get a little greedy, 
It's going to happen. It can happen. But it's not going to be primarily what I play because we're still on the 16th floor in downtown Portland with a beautiful vibe. We'll be weaving in the Afro beats. We'll be weaving in the Neo soul. We'll be weaving in Latin music. We'll be, we'll be weaving in, we'll still have obviously hip hop and rap going in there, but it'll be, I want to, I want to take y'all on a journey, a sonic journey with what it is that we do out there. It's not just a ratchet turn up spot, dress to impress, Put on your best, step out, and vibe out on the 16th floor in downtown Portland, man. Have a good time. Listen to great music. Meet great people, Black man. <laughs> this Black is what out. we're doing here. Yeah, you know what, man? You've convinced me. I'm pulling up. <laughs> yeah, this is what we're doing here, man. You can put on your button up. You can put on your best dress. You can wear your high heels. You can put on your slacks, your khakis. You can wear your designer. You can do any of those things, man. But come dress to impress and, and enjoy a beautiful vibe. And again... I'm going to take you on a sonic journey. You'll get a little bit of everything. And I'm super excited that I can do that without having any limitations or restrictions. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. that just, it, it usually doesn't work well. <laughs> if like, go find the talent that makes your place better. Ultimately is the way to do it. It's not to just have people submit a playlist, you know, Especially if you're gonna have somebody there on like from like a residency on a residency side of things or an unofficial residency, if you're gonna have somebody there multiple times a month, you need to invest in that talent. You know what I'm saying? Like now, if you have a private event going on and somebody wants all oh, house music at their private event, then sure, you accommodate for that. And this place does rent out the venue for folks uh, for private events there. It's very pricey, but they do do that. So if it's that kind of a situation where it's a one-off private event happening there, that's one thing. But if I'm going to be DJing here three times out of the month, let me grow. Let me cultivate something here that will keep people coming back for me because that's ultimately going to you know, affect y'all and people are coming out to hear me play because they like what it is that I'm playing. And now you got more people that are coming to your bar. Your establishment is, your establishment is making more money and we're all leaving out of this thing happy. Yeah. I, I want to see that, you know what I'm saying? Like, and less of a sort of like homogenous, just like, okay, whatever. There's a, there's a DJ. You know yeah. what I mean? Every yeah. time I hear people talking about like, Oh, I went out to wherever this place, whatever. And they'll go, yeah, the the DJ was good. I'm going like, who? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? What what the DJ? Well, what is his name? I want I want to know that. Like, I want to get back into like comic book style. Like, yeah, man, the DJ Pounce, he's over here. And yeah, he does, and he this is his shit right here. Right. And then sometimes this other DJ is over here at this place, and he does stuff like this. And right. Like, you know what I'm saying? It, it needs to be more of a competition, and, and like DJs need to be more like prominent sort of artistic figures on a local level. Absolutely. But the local venues play a role in that. I know. And I don't think <laughs> being able to help. I don't yeah. think that they, I don't think that they do any of the entertainment entertainments. I mean, by and large, correctly. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm being honest, for sure. There's a, there's a couple of places that get it, but even them, it's like, and I understand when your bottom line is looking good and it's like, Oh, I'm making a hell of money from whatever this, this program that I'm running. Right. Then it's you know why change it or why like invest further into it, but you know that's how places get stale. I mean, it's just how it's going to be, and I still don't think that the especially in Portland, bro, a lot of bars and restaurants got ripped up from COVID. So yeah, it's and I don't think that that like that damage is necessarily done yet. Yeah, and so you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, definitely, like, definitely. I think I think people are still sort of waiting in the water right now and trying to like yeah not drown and, and definitely possible again too again people that. are just trying to hire folks and have enough Get bodies to, to be able to yeah. operate. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and again, this place kind of went through that transition, but again, because it's a popular spot, because people are going to keep coming. They were ultimately able to build that staff out, and now again we're Especially bringing in Portland, back in dude. It's like you're always like, "Where is everyone? Like, why is everyone so understaffed?" And then you just look outside, and it's like, "Oh, they're all just standing in line somewhere outside." <laughs> like, don't you any of you people work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm excited, man. Y'all pull up again. I'll be there the 22nd and the 29th, and then. From there, it's looking like it's going to pretty much be Fridays, which is, again, great. I get to cultivate and create those Fridays and, and make it a special place in my own right. So definitely excited for that. Always excited for the Bible Club gigs. Appreciate them for 
keeping me in the rotation over there. It's always a good time. Every time I'm over there on the backyard patio, which is a great patio, covered, very well renovated, cool, cool spot. So, and then I got a wedding, which obviously y'all ain't invited to. <laughs> <laughs> but I got wedding coming up yeah, as you well. Ain't coming to the wedding, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all ain't invited to the wedding. I invited to the wedding. So, um, but that's happening too. So, staying booked and busy, excited about it, and looking forward to you know continuing this sonic journey. And then before you know it. Sports season will be right back around. Um, we weren't even here. First off, let me start off. Before we get into spitballing about goofy shit when it comes to the sport of basketball, which we both so happen to love, but before we get into that, we're still going to talk basketball, but we're going to the women's side of things. Free BG. Free BG. Free BG. Free Brittany Griner. Um, obviously, you know, she she uh, it's is been in like Russia. Something like 120 days now. Yeah, she she pled guilty. Right. She's in Russia. She pled guilty. And basically, by the looks of things, there's going to need to be a prisoner swap. That's what they've already talked about. Exactly. That's what they've been talking about. That's basically where we are. But she has pled guilty now. And there's talks of a prisoner swap. But it's interesting, uh, maybe about a week and a half or so ago, whatever day it was that the I Am Athlete episode came out with Carrie Champion, Oh, yeah. I'm a huge fan of Carrie Champion. I rock with Carrie Champion. I think she's super dope. And um, when that episode came out, I obviously went to watch it. I watched it from start to finish, all an hour, all hour and a half of it, 90 minutes of it, if you will, somewhere around there. Um, and, you know, they talked about a wide range of topics, including her, her journey, her career, what she's going through, you know, her her time at ESPN and how she kind of was like the first one through the door and how she – had to really kind of like catch a lot of stray in order for a lot of other women that are now receiving these great opportunities by way of ESPN. Um, she was kind of the first one through the door when she was hosting First Take with Stephen Ann Skip. Yeah. And so uh, she, she, her journey's crazy. That Super. was the best version of that show, too. Oh, yeah. When her was, and Skip and Stephen A were doing it. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, so it was just cool, like hearing about her career and all the things that she's doing now. She's doing a lot of great things. But as I'm listening to the episode, they obviously bring up the, the Brittany Griner situation and they brought it more so into connection with, in a broader sense, speaking about men advocating for women in general. Um, Because obviously she's a black woman and she's doing a lot of amazing things right now. And she was just speaking to like how women, you know, want to feel more a part of the conversation and sort of like mending this relationship and this strain that you see amongst men and women. Obviously, you know, men, we have our flaws, especially. But if we continue to live in this system where there's so much strain when it comes to men and women, a lot of opportunities for women decrease in a sense because now that we don't have the relationship with you guys, you're giving these opportunities, men who are higher up on the totem pole economically, so on and so forth, you're giving these opportunities away and we're not the recipients of them even though we're already at the bottom anyway because the strain in the relationship, if you will. And so she was just speaking on how men can use their platforms to uplift, uplift women, um, to, to partner with women or to speak on issues with women. And the Brittany Griner situation was one that got brought up and she was just telling, you know, the the the, the athletes, you know, Brandon Marshall, uh, Pac-Man Jones, Swaggy P, Nick Young, they were the host on I Am Athlete. And she was just telling them how they could use their platform to uplift BG and how they should leverage their connections and the people they know, especially in this new era and this new day where athletes have a lot more influence than they ever had whether it be socially, politically, you know, within the sport, you you know, you, you name it. But Colin Kaepernick essentially sort of walked through this door that has created a level of influence for athletes and how these men athletes should speak up about Brittany Griner and leverage their connections in attempt to help free Brittany Griner. And so that kind of stuck with me a little bit as, as I'm listening to her say that because obviously I'm in a space of politics in the work that I do by way of street roots and 
you know, obviously this podcast here is kind of the intersectional platform for me to be able to speak about things that I do politically as well as primarily things that I do in sports as I'm a sports broadcaster as well. And so as she said that and I'm like, you know, we've almost every episode, you know, we bring up free free BG and we talk about it and we use our platforms in that way. But she's like, leverage the network. Like, you guys have a network of folks. And so I um, I decided to reach out to my folks over at Senator Wyden's office. And, you know, I reached out to him and I asked him, like, you know, hey, you know, I was just curious if, you know, y'all had anything going yeah. on, any plans or anything in regards to Brittany Griner, the Brittany Griner situation. Mm. And at the time, they didn't have an immediate answer for me. They had a response. They always respond to me, and I appreciate them greatly for that. Senator Wyden is a friend of the Street Roots podcast. So, again, this is just one of those instances where I'm just attempting to leverage my relationship based on a podcast that I just watched. And um, so there wasn't an immediate answer um to kind of what the plans and things were um at that particular moment in time is about a week and a half ago but i was able to get a follow-up and um senator wyden will be leading the charge in regards to a senate resolution senator wyden is a basketball fan um so in the coming days there will be a senate resolution in regards to the britney griner situation obviously i don't know what the exact date is um, and I don't know exactly what the le- the resolution is going to consist of, but knowing that Senator Wyden is now going to take that lead, he already takes the lead in Senate in, in a plethora of ways by his role of, of being the chair of the Senate Finance Committee. So, um, again, with his basketball fandom, if you've ever listened to him on the Street Roots podcast, again, he's a friend of the show. I don't have an interview without asking him about basketball and without asking him about the Portland Trail Blazers. So it's super cool that he'll be taking the lead about something that he's actually passionate about and not just trying to do because he's in the position to be able to do so. Because obviously you got, you know, you're you're a public official. So in a sense, you have to pander to the people and what it is that they want. But that doesn't necessarily mean you in that seat is particularly passionate about said topic you might be passionate about your role you might be passionate about the people but you not might not be passionate about said subject that the people are pushing you about so in this case to know that senator wyden will be taking a lead in this senate resolution that'll be coming out in the coming days and again knowing his basketball fandom and knowing that he's passionate about the sport of basketball along with the work that he does as a united states senator as well I'm excited for it, and we'll definitely be having him on this podcast in the near future to talk that's more what about I'm, it. That's what I'm talking about. Get him on the Wake Up and Win podcast Yeah, try to get like, bro, sit down for an hour and let's chop game. Because this is the thing. It's like everybody that I talk to does – like they care about women's basketball. Let's use women's sports, of course, but women's basketball. But it never gets like – talked about and utilized and the networks like Kerry Champion said the, the the networks being leveraged yeah in support or in pursuit of amplifying the sport and i mean even from uh you know uh what was it earlier last week or something Kelsey Plum won the MVP yeah and, and WNBA and All-Star yeah, weekend at the All-Star weekend and so everyone was roasting how tiny the the trophy, <laughs> the trophy was, was <laughs> yeah you know? and i'm like <laughs> Yeah, that is kind of funny, you know, but it's also very like, like it shows how y'all really feel. It, it's yeah, emblematic of the of the value that you know the WNBA gets broadcasted. Yeah, as, <clears throat> excuse me, and like I just really believe that if you're gonna make it more important in like society's mind then the guys that have the platforms like the I am athlete guys or yeah. any any NBA so especially NBA yeah athletes like you should go to like the whole essentially the whole team if you have like a WNBA affiliate yeah in your city especially right. you should be pulling up every game 
I mean, as many games as you can. I mean, as many <laughs> games as they got schedules no, look, too. Of but course, you should but make yeah, it. Like, you should make it a point to support. Yeah, and and run the social media game and and really yeah. really advocate and Absolutely. really talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, as as much as you can. As but, much as you can. As much as you can. Because I think that that's just where it's going to start. Because the thing that like irks me the most about it, and I'm pretty sure I've said this on this podcast before, but it's like you know, obviously nothing has happened yet. But with the the prisoner swap for BG, yeah, they're talking about you know some arms dealer cat that they got their eye on, right? right? And it's like, so you're basically saying, in my mind, if you'd make that trade, which is I don't even like using that term really because it's like, so you're saying that a a, a, a an athlete, like a professional athlete, black woman that smoked a little bit of weed, queer as well, queer as well. Smoked a little bit of weed is the same value of a criminal as a arms dealer. Yeah, that, that we have locked up in a straight up federal penitentiary, likely. You know what yeah, I mean? Then it's like sure. that doesn't make sense to me. Right. You know what I'm saying? And right. that like, and that like, it's so removed from people's ways of thinking about it. I mean, and like a, a negative connotation too to go far say about WNBA, especially where they're like, ah, oh, they can't play, they can't dunk people. I still see people. Sylvia Fowles had a, you know, th- she threw down a hammer in that All Star game last week too. Yeah. Everyone was cracking on her about that, but it's like, yo, it j- it's basketball, bro. How do you not – I don't care if it's – who's playing it? Like, how do you not – if you don't love the game, why are you not supporting it to the level of to be like, no, nah, this is dope. And it's because you aren't supporting it that shit like this when Brittany Griner's in, you know, Russia for a hundred and some odd days now has to yeah. plead guilty to it. You know what I'm saying? Whatever the charges ended up being, I don't know them off the top of my head. But you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, that's not right. And I think it's so simple to just be like every time that you have an opportunity – to show support yeah. or show up or say something or use your platform or leverage the networks that you have and advocate, you should be. And people don't all the time. Yeah. Although they will get online and they'll find every opportunity to sit there and rag yeah. on some of the things that happen in the league. Right. Uh, and, and again, and it's so, like, and that really like that's hit just home. jive as hell to me. And that hit home with me. Like I said, for one, I'm just a fan of Carrie Champion anyway. So a, a lot of what she says goes for me because I just I, I tend to really enjoy her POV on things. Like obviously, I don't agree with everything she says. I don't agree with everything nobody says. But she's somebody who I've grown to trust in this space. Not only based on just her talent and her ability, first and foremost, but also just what she stands for and things that she's associated and connected herself and and ultimately have endured. Like one thing that she says often that I've heard her say on many different platforms is she she always obviously talks about the time when she got fired. And she was like, I feel like everybody needs to go through getting fired at least once in their life. And I tend to agree with that because I've been fired before. And for her, obviously, at the point of being fired or laid off, if you will, you've got a decision to make, a rather quick decision to make because life goes on. And you have to decide, do I want to continue to stick with this thing and go through it? Or do I want to take a completely different direction? And, you know, just I don't love this enough to go through, you know, whether or not the go through the stability of having a job or lack thereof, I but for me and for somebody like Carrie Champion, like that was that moment when I decided and I knew that I'm gonna put my all into this thing and this is what I want to continue to do and it's what I've continued to do. And that moment is definitely one of those moments where you like you'll have your high moments. Some people come in and they ascend right away, but you always gotta have that moment where you get fired or you get laid off that allows you to really have that come to Jesus moment where you're like, do I want to stick with this thing because this industry can be a bit flimsy or do I want to just do something else that's a little bit more stable and that I can make probably a lot better money and and know for sure that it's coming in rather than dreaming about making an excessive amount of money. But knowing that, you know, there's little to no chance for that to happen, especially for people that look like her and I. She's a black woman. I'm a black man. And so, again, when she said that, I'm like, hmm, I, I, I got connections and I got leverage in this political space, but I obviously work in the sports space as well. And I have a true passion for sports as well. So I feel good about the fact that I even listened to what she did and reached out. 
I'm not trying to take credit for whatever may come next. I'm just saying she inspired me to reach out. There wasn't an immediate answer at the time, although there was a response, which, again, I'm grateful that I always tend to get a response from that office. But there was a follow-up within 10 days after that, and I can tell you on this very platform that in the coming days there will be a Senate resolution to just, you know, keep keep up the 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 drumbeat of this entire thing in regards to us trying to support Brittany Griner and ultimately free Brittany Griner. So just be on the lookout for it because it's coming. And uh well, again, I, mean, I would I'm hope that the is. resolution is that she touches down at an airport somewhere on American. Well, soil. that's the ultimate that's <laughs> the know, ultimate that's resolution. But obviously again, I don't know what's going to be said in the resolution. I don't know what the resolution is going to be. Um I, I I wish I did, but I don't. But I know that it's coming. And again, we ain't we ain't had a resolution yet. <laughs> so the fact that we are having a resolution and and we can continue the drumbeat of, of needed pressure to keep Griner's case in the spotlight to ultimately have the resolution of her being free. This just feels like a step in the right direction. Obviously, she's written a letter to President Biden and the closest influence to President Biden is going to be Senate and Congress. I think there has been a Congress resolution, but not a Senate resolution yet. So the fact that Senate and Congress are so closely connected to Joe Biden, who obviously has some power and some influence and in being able to get Brittany Griner freed, which is why she wrote him a letter, being able to have Senate step up in this way and, and knowing that they are going to continue that drumbeat and, and keep this case in the spotlight and keep that pressure on until Brittany Griner is free. I, I, I think that's a step in the right direction, ultimately. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think it's a good thing. I, you know, obviously for her as a person, I want her to be free, and also for like the game of basketball, man. And you know, I don't understand. Yeah, you wouldn't as a basketball it's, it's fan. a basketball fan. How could you even? You know what I'm saying? Like you should be like, yo, get her back. The All Star game just happened, and she wasn't there. Yeah, and <laughs> like she definitely would have been. Def a hundred percent would have yeah, started for sure. And so it's just like, oh man, like we're really just gonna let like the value of this game get screwed over and like the value of humanity. Gets but again, that's why motherfucking weed. That's why I'm grateful God, that Senator yeah. Wyden is the one that's, that's taking the charge in this and taking the lead in this because I personally know that he's a, he's basketball a basketball fan. fan. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, obviously sports and politics can be very, very tricky. We talk right. about it more than often right. on this here, very podcast, but two things can be true. Can politics have a negative impact on sports? Absolutely. But can you also be very passionate about politics as well as be very passionate about sports, in this case, the sport of basketball? Absolutely. So knowing that Senator Wyden is passionate about the sport of basketball, it feels right that he would be the senator that takes the lead yeah. in regards to you know, this Senate resolution that's coming out for this particular case, rather than somebody just looking online and seeing, hey, all these influential people in the sport of basketball are yelling and screaming, free BG, even though I don't care about basketball, maybe I should be the one to try to build up my political cachet to take this lead and try to free BG, which again, however she gets freed, I'm okay with it. I just feel a little bit better that I know the person and the, the senator that is taking the lead on their behalf in regards to, again, keeping the pressure on this case and keeping this case in the spotlight and ultimately attempting to free Brittany Griner actually is passionate about the sport of basketball. That, 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 it, it's gonna, match made as far I'm, as I'm, I'm concerned. Gonna, I'm going to keep talking about it every time I sit in front of this microphone, bro. Yeah, so it's match happening. made. So, good um, luck, Ron Wyden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Senator Wyden, definitely looking forward to to hear more, you know, from him on behalf of the Senate and to, to hear what will come of this Senate resolution. And again, you know, in the near future, we'll have Senator Wyden here on the, on the Wake Up and Win podcast. I've had him on the Street Roots podcast time and again. He's a friend of the show over there. But I want to bring him up over here because, again, I know he's a fan of sports, so it would be interesting just to hear his perspective on sport for you all as listeners that I know love sports as well. Um, 
Yeah, definitely. You know what I'm saying? Like, I it'd be wanna, great. I hear that <laughs> you, especially if you live here in Oregon, like Yo, you're, you're a senator, you're, you're, yeah. you're a United States senator, uh, you know, coming from Oregon. It's only two of them, you know, him yeah, and Merkley. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, let's 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 see what he got to say about, you know, just sports topics. Obviously, the Blazers, you know, he's a huge Blazers fan as well. And again, every Street Roots podcast, while we talk about politics from start until the very last question of the episode. I make sure the last question is the, of the episode is usually a Blazer question or a basketball question. So excited to have him um, come in the very near future as well. We got him on the schedule. Y'all will hear it when it's out. Now, we got to give a shout out to Gary Payton the second man. Had to go and get my bag up. <laughs> I, if I'm not mistaken, because it's been two weeks, the last episode that we had he, I think he signed that night, the night we recorded, or he agreed to terms. He signed, you know, very well, you know, whenever he signed, but he agreed to terms that night, and and the news broke that night <sighs> that uh, GP two, who we obviously just did an episode about a couple of episodes ago after he won a championship with the Golden State Warriors. Signs a three-year, $28 million deal yeah. right here with the Portland Trailblazers. What a story for him. That is an unbelievable come up. I think a lot of people were like, damn, he's not He's not staying with the – they thought he was going to stay with the Dubs. Yeah. I think it's a per- – I, I mean, just a perfect fit for what I think the Blazers are going to need to – are trying to do, are going to need to do. Yeah. He can be an unbelievable catalyst on defense, obviously. I yeah. mean, he, he enters in – to that Portland Trailblazer roster as like probably the the most proven defender. Even, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like and and a defensive leader for sure. Absolutely. And I'm hoping to see. <laughs> it's funny because we've said it so many times that like you know throughout the years of Damian Lillard's tenure at the Portland uh, helm that a guy like Draymond Green would be like exactly what he needs to sort of mask. And uh, you know his defenses uh, efficient deficiencies and 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 complement his game. And I think Gary Payton II is going to give a little bit of that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like in terms of just being like this defensive guy that you know that plays under Damian Lillard, almost like a not like an enforcer role, but you know what I'm saying. Because that role well, is like it's evolved because of dudes like. Dennis Rodman, obviously, and then like Bruce Bowen, and then ultimately, I would say to like Draymond Green, but that defensive sort of like goon or enforcer dude, I think is is becoming like one of the most valuable pieces of like the like a component of a championship team, and it's integral to having those teams now. A la, look what Minnesota just did: gave up the entire farm for Rudy Gobert. Yeah, and definitely. So and, and I think in Gary's case in particular, and I was on the web I, and podcast, I think, and I think that he was worth a little bit more than what he got paid, to be honest. But I, you know, I, I I wouldn't argue against that. I want to see the man get paid as much yeah. as he can. But I am definitely, I guess my, I'm more happy about the fact that knowing his journey, seeing where he came from. He got a bag, yeah, <laughs> and, and and he got a bag shortly after winning the chip. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, yeah, while we could sit here and talk about the value and wishing that he earned more and feeling like he's worth more, I, hey, I, again, I would well, never, well, I would I never argue against well, listen, that personally. I, I don't try. But, to, I, first off, it's like it's no matter to me in other man's pocket. No, I'm not but saying I, it from I, that lens. No, 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 no. And also, like, but I'm saying that, like, I try to look at. Okay, this guy's 30 years old. He just won a championship. He's probably one of the best defenders in the league right now, if we're going to sit here and be honest with ourselves. Yeah. He's got $28 million. Now, how long is he going to be able to play in this league? I'm saying he's going to be here for a while, at least probably till he's 36, 37. I mean, if he wants. Which that you know tends to be older. <laughs> and, and no doubt. No doubt, for yeah. sure. But also, now I'm just going, okay, so if he's going to make $20 million in the next three years, that's cool. An extension, he could probably, he yeah. could probably make whatever he's probably supposed to have made. On the back end, obviously, depending on performance. But the, the point is is that it's a good trade. I mean, it's a good signing for Portland. Yeah. And it's it, I, that, Jeremy Grant, and a couple of other ideas that I think that they're starting to work with is what they needed five years ago to, to be relevant. But, you know, Damian Lillard, looks, they say he looks the best that he ever has. 
I mean, he he, he himself and other people around well, him, though, he's probably the best he's ever been. Well, that's the reason why I think Gary Payton II was such a huge signing because, you know, obviously we had that episode when they won the championship and we talked about the fourth, the four-level score and how Steph sort of unlocked that and how the next best, best thing in that regard would be Dang. somebody like a Damian Lillard. But I was on uh, the What podcast with Tara Bowen Biggs um, after the, the GP news came out, she invited me on to the podcast, and I was telling her beyond just those similarities, obviously we saw how GP2 was able to work and, 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 and coincide with Steph Curry. We even saw how he was able to do that with somebody of the likes of a Jordan Poole, who seems to be another young guy who will be a four-level scorer in this league, he got, he's obviously got the range. He's got the shooting ability. And and the biggest sign to me of him being able to become that is that he's the best free throw shooter in the NBA. He has the highest free throw percentage in the NBA. So shooting the ball is just something that he can do. It just takes a little bit of work for him to be able to extend the range that he's shooting the ball from. But as far as his accuracy, his mechanics, all of that, if you're the best free throw shooter in the NBA, I feel like you can make a shot from anywhere if you're that elite of a shooter. So um, knowing that GP2 worked so great with those two um, you know, en route to winning a championship, ultimately, one thing that I thought was key was obviously Steph Curry and the defender that Steph Curry became. And part of the reason he was able to become that defender was, A, his body. He worked on his body like nobody's business, and he was able to sacrifice in himself in ways on the defensive side of the ball because the strength, the physicality, that he was able to endure because he clearly has been in that weight room. And also, he had a guy like GP2, and he had a guy like Wiggins to where he didn't have to not only try to score all the time, but also on the other end try to defend the best player in the opposing team's backcourt. You know what I'm saying? So for somebody like a Dame, I feel like this actually enhances him to be able to become a more formidable defender, which obviously you need defense to win ball games because he's confident and comfortable in knowing, A, my body feels good enough for me to sacrifice it and give more effort and, and just be able to flat out be better on that side of the ball on top of being able to lead my team scoring the basketball, being a playmaker, being a floor general, so on and so forth. But also, I know I got a security blanket to where if I just do need to take some possessions off on that side of the ball, my guy is going to lock up whoever needs to be guarded on said possession to allow me to have that rest. So now I more so have the option yep. to pick and choose what and type of defender I want to be and when I want to turn it on and, and when it needs to well, be turned I mean, on because gonna, I know yeah. that I got a lockdown defender beside me whose role is going to be guard the best player on the opposing this, team every time down the floor. Bro, this is what I – because I was having this conversation last night with a bunch of – you know what I'm saying, how it goes – just having a, a heated, spirited debate about this, and people are going, well, you seem like a homer. And I go, okay, look, I'm going to keep it really simple for you. And think about how de- ha- think about the Portland Trailblazers, the way that they've played basketball, especially over the last, like, six or so years. If you have an 8- to 10-point deficit, and it's five minutes to go, and you know that you're getting defensive stops on the other end of the ball – and the and Damian Lillard is on the court. Are you going to bet that he can't win you that game night in and night out? No, <laughs> no, you're not, not going the most to clutch. Pl- uh, if not the most clutch player not, in the NBA, you're not. And as far as I'm <laughs> concerned, because I've watched, I watch a lot of basketball yeah. possessions, man, a lot. And as far as I'm concerned, I've seen enough over that dude's tenure career. That's why I'm not really interested in like. You know, the Trenton Watfords and the Shaden Sharps. and I'm like, I'm interested in Damian Lillard. He is what matters on that Portland Trailblazer team. We were having this conversation the other day. He's the blockbuster. He's the marquee man. He's what people go to see. Box office. He, and, and, it's, and he's all that matters. And that's why he deserved that two-year, $122 million extension, too, by the way, for those of y'all out there yeah. that are, are debating on whether yeah. he took too much money or not. Man, this dude has been the only thing box office he's the only about thing going. that organization <laughs> since he's entered Get the league. Real. Since yeah. he's entered the league. So 
I don't want to hear that Dame take too much money. He'll, no, Shut up, Goofy. No, Dame is worth every red cent because Damian Lillard has carried this organization yeah, from I an agree. economic standpoint if yeah. you want to talk about the business side of things. Yeah, I guarantee because he's you been the only thing box office anywhere. in the organization. Everybody makes money when a guy like that is in town. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody does. But yeah, so that's what I was telling you. Like, I'm like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to overcomplicate this thing at all. Yeah. You give me a t- uh, anywhere from a 15 to a 10, top 15 to a 10 uh, defense this year, which I think is very doable, and Damian Lillard is healthy on the court with a ball in his hands, and to me, all bets are off. And I think anything can happen with that man on the court because any night in and night out, he can be as good as anyone except that's not named Steph Curry. Yeah, but, he, but but again, but he's gonna ha- they're so and, and, similar. They're I so know. similar. But yo, it's so funny because it's like it's so poetic because I I really do see in the next couple of years like a Portland Trailblazers versus Golden State Warriors Western Conference Finals series where I I just Dame it's it's his kryptonite is the entire time is Steph. It's the guy that he could not do a damn thing with that team, but but namely Steph. I mean, obviously, plot no, twist the, though the mechanics obviously plot twist are though different because he was getting clamped. Plot twist though Steph wasn't the one really doing plot it. Plot twist though, holler at me, man. That's unless KD shows back up in the bank. Oh shit, dude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now they're blowing that out. You know what? Oh. Man? See, hey, yo, yo, that is. You know, man. That's unless KD shows back up to the bay. It must suck out. That's and being floated out there. Look, man. Look, man. And if you're freaking, if you're like, don't you're on the fence about whether or not Dame deserved that money? Like, if KD shows up. And he dashes our hopes for another championship through this man's prime. Probably the best Portland Trailblazer of all time and maybe ever because who knows. I don't even want to get into yeah, all of that. Yeah. But, yeah, you would be like, well, I'm glad he got that $60 million that last year of his contract. Because he would have had no chance get, at winning a championship. He got no jewelry on. <laughs> That's for damn sure. For sure. And for so, sure. But I, I, I really hope that that does not which, happen. Which, yeah, what you think about those? I yeah. really hope that that does not happen. <laughs> I don't want that to happen. I do. <laughs> now come to Portland. Now, now we're different because, <laughs> in my in my humble opinion, Kevin Durant and 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 uh, Damian Lillard, I think that, that that's a championship. Here's what I that's think it chip. comes down to: chocolate chip. Here's what I think it comes down to. For one, do I think the rumors are true? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do think he wants to come back to Golden State. Yeah, why wouldn't? But there's he something that I've been saying for a really long time. And this is connected back to the Kyrie Irving situation. I've been beating this drum time and again about the Kyrie Irving situation. Regardless of how you feel or what side of the fence you are on in regards to you supporting some of the decisions made from Kyrie Irving or not supporting some of the decisions made by Kyrie Irving, one thing that stands in all of this is that Kyrie Irving did not prioritize basketball. Kevin Durant has always been a dude that has prioritized basketball. And clearly those guys in Golden State have been dudes, especially when you speak of that core, that has always prioritized basketball. And that's where, obviously, Kevin Durant and the Golden State Warriors, that core, if you will, mesh. It's all about basketball for them, which is why Steph Curry was willing to make the sacrifice, maybe from a legacy standpoint and some of the things that y'all use to to knock Steph Curry from his legacy standpoint, to be able to bring Kevin Durant and essentially open the door for Kevin Durant to come and play with the Golden State Warriors to win those championships because for those guys, it was all about basketball. And what did they do? They won two championships with Kevin Durant there, went to a third and would have won it had he not torn his uh, his Achilles. Had Clay even not gotten hurt, they could have won that one still. And clearly they just won once Clay returned. But say what you will, you can call Kevin Durant soft. You can say he's emotional in his approach and he wavers too much because he probably should have never left Golden State in the first place. But leaving Golden State, a place that clearly has prioritized basketball, going to six of the last eight finals and winning four, 
and are the reigning NBA championship, uh, the reigning NBA champions, and going out there where clearly guys wasn't in love with basketball for or or they didn't prioritize basketball. I don't want to say they weren't in love with basketball, but they didn't prioritize it. I think that impacted why Kevin Durant obviously a requested the trade after Kyrie Irving resigned. He requested to trade out of there. And why I do tend to believe that he does want to go back to Golden State because noise aside, basketball is the center of this thing for Kevin Durant and has clearly been the center of this thing for the Golden State Warriors. And that's why they worked when they were together. And that's why I think they would work if they brought it back together. And that's my stance on this whole thing. Folks tried to make it about everything else. But at the end of the day, it came back to prioritizing basketball. That's why the Nets got swept by the Celtics because the Celtics were clearly a team that prioritized basketball this year all the way to the point of them ultimately making it to the NBA Finals. They lost, but still, huge, great season for the Boston Celtics this year. And it, it that was exposed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that, to me, could have... That probably was a, the, a, the far worse feeling for KD is knowing that I just wasted a year of the thing that yeah, I love at most. At 34 years old. And yeah. that I prioritize Damn, most. I That's not going to be something easy for him to get over, and clearly it hasn't been because he's requested this trade yeah. out of there. Yeah, and it sucks too because it's like, how valuable is Kevin Durant on a trade market? I don't really know, especially with the asking price that the Brooklyn Nets seem to be floating out to certain teams yeah. and everyone's categorically rejecting. As far as Kyrie Irving is concerned, it's like, well, the only people that want him are the Lakers anyway. And so it's like, pff, good luck, probably not yeah. going to happen. So right. it looks like after all this stupid-ass noise in the middle of the summer when we should be talking Talking about, you know, <laughs> some kid, Paolo Banchero or whatever. Yeah, summer league. <laughs> yeah, who cares? Set home, who cares? Yeah, yeah, home. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, no, it's funny. But, uh, um, but it's like these guys are probably going to end up on the Brooklyn Nets anyway. And I, I 100% agree with you in the sense that I, it feels, this thing feels like even with all the bullshit that if Kevin Durant is playing with Kyrie Irving next season and Kyrie plays like 70 games, and he's there on the court and it, doing whatever he has to necessarily do to get there, you know what I'm saying, to prioritize basketball again. I think Kevin Durant's like, fine, let's cool, whatever. Let's but, just run. But here's the you thing. You know what I'm saying? But here's but the thing. He ain't going to do that. But here's like. the problem with the Nets in that regard. It's not just about Kyrie Irving because now they've added Ben Simmons into the fold. So now you have to – not well, only rely that, on Kyrie yeah. Irving, who clearly hasn't been prioritizing basketball, to also having to rely on Ben Simmons as the third guy that clearly hasn't uh, hasn't been prioritizing basketball. I don't think KD wants yeah. no part of that. Clearly, he doesn't because he requested a trade. Well, yeah, I know, but I just that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. It's, I don't know the guy, so it's it's hard to tell. But I do feel like. The guy just wants to play basketball and ultimately He always win. has. We've and always so known that about him. Exactly, but I'm We've saying. We've always known. No, hey, that's never that. been in question. I understand that, but what I'm saying is, is that, you know, when you're in a relationship with a person, whether you're a friendship or a business relationship or whatever, it can wear thin. Yeah. It really can. And I believe it did. And I believe it has. I yeah. believe it did. But I do not and believe. I, but I believe I the reason believe. it. And, but, and I believe the reason it did solely comes back to basketball. And I think that that's why it can that's be superseded. It. That's why I think basketball can supersede whatever issues that they may have. Definitely they have now yeah. at the beginning of the summer. But I think that if you can just get a handle on that, figure it out, be like, all right, I'm going to commit. Maybe you got to get a vaccine. I don't know. But, but either way, it's like, dude, just get on the court and play 70 games next season, but, dude. But, but, like, yeah, what are you talking about, bro? I don't think it's that simple anymore because these guys have already proven they do. I don't think it's as simple as them just getting out there on the court. Regardless of how skilled or how talented those guys are, I think there is a clear disconnect that – I don't really think I, – I think the only thing yeah, – But they also don't have a very good team I think overall. the – yeah, I was about to say, I think Nets. the only thing that could mend – I think the only thing that could mend the disconnect is their talent. And that has proven 
to clearly not be enough after they got swept in the first round against the Boston, yeah, Boston like how, Celtics. And that's what I'm saying. So, how talented, how valuable is Kevin Durant as a basketball so player? So that's today? why I think it's really nothing. Know. That's why I think it's really nothing that can mend the relationship because I think the priority. And the centerpiece of that relationship was still basketball, and I think we learned that over time. Even though even though KD was trying to be a good teammate and trying to uh, you know hold up the organization and defend Kyrie, I clearly he wasn't really feeling that because he's requested a trade after Kyrie has decided to opt in. He clearly wasn't feeling that. He was putting on a front and being more so politically correct, if you will, because he and Kyrie are still teammates. And there is still a culture and there's still etiquette that comes to being a basketball player, especially being that basketball is a team sport. But I don't think he felt that. I think he was just trying to do what he can to support his teammate because he wanted to uphold basketball culture and basketball etiquette amongst everybody else on the roster. But clearly he didn't feel none of that because he just requested a trade right after Kyrie Kyrie opted in to be a Brooklyn Net next year. And obviously Kyrie, that doesn't mean he necessarily wants to be there, but it does mean if they wanted to be there together, the option is clearly there for them to do so because Kyrie opted in. (laughs) And... KD is like, no, I want out. Kyrie clearly, again, still doesn't want to be there. But if KD stays, I think Kyrie stays. And obviously, the organization has Kyrie locked in <laughs> this upcoming season. And I don't think but, they're going to be able to get anything for Kevin Durant that they think that they want. I, and that's why. So, I, and that's why I think he ain't going. And that's why. And that's why I think. And, why I think, and, and that's why I think he. If if that's the case, he's not going to win in Brooklyn. Yeah. And that's why he wants out. And I also think he wants to go to Golden State because he wants to win. <laughs> so the fact that And that's a good the, place to go. You know, he wants to win. And that's why I think the rumors are true. That's why I think the reports are true. And that's why I think KD I want wants out and he wants to go back to play with to Steph Curry that. because it comes back down to basketball and he has not been a part of a greater basketball team in his life maybe even outside maybe outside of Team USA but they might have even been better than Team USA Katie, Steph, Clay, Dre like like let's talk about it that's the closest thing to Team USA we've ever seen in the NBA you think he don't want to, he, you think he doesn't want more of that, especially since they're still thriving? And again, obviously keeping basketball first, like things ain't slowing down no time soon for Golden State. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like I, I truly believe he wants to go back to Golden State, man. And I think it ultimately comes about bas- comes down to basketball. And he hasn't been yeah, a part be- of a better basketball organization in his life <laughs> than Golden State. Definitely. I mean, and there's so- and that's that's really the difference. It's like they. It's one thing to have all the money in the world, but you got to know how to use it. And Golden State is a type of team. Joe Lacob and those guys, they know what they're doing. Top to bottom. Top they prioritized to bottom. it top to bottom. They're trash. And that's all Katie wants to be a part faster of. Faster than other stadiums. You know what I'm saying? They're that dialed in. And that's he all Katie wants, wants to be a part, a part of, of, man. Yeah. That's all he cares yeah, about. Yeah, he just wants to be. That's who he is. Mm. That's who he's always been in this league. Honestly, man, I think that like Portland could be a great place for him, bro. And that's, I, you know, I agree. I, it's like because I think Dame it, is a guy that prioritizes basketball. Absolutely, you know and I think that the or, I mean the organization is a little maybe a little too passive. Like they would, I they agree. would need to get way more again, aggressive with it. Again, but that's they the got they're bringing in front office talent. But that's the difference. That's the difference is the Warriors There's still plenty of offseason. But by the but way. the difference is the Warriors are proven in that regard, and the Blazers are not. Well, they have yet. more money. They not really. They got the highest sal- They got the highest salary That's already. More money. Yeah, but but I'm saying they got the highest payroll. So I don't know how much money they have to be able Ooh, to do whatever they a want, lot, bro. They are making a lot, but, <laughs> oh, but, but even still, think about it like this. But there even are three still, billion, there are three billion dollar fucking uh, but, but, organization, and and but why Joey are they Allen, making? But why are they making a lot? Because they, they haven't always made a lot. Because they win. Exactly. I they have. I'm from I, there. I, I, that has not always. I, I, that, listen, hey. I remember. Bro. <laughs> the I Warriors remember, ain't always man. been filthy rich. I now I remember. <laughs> the why they're making a lot is because they prioritize basketball have and decided you ever been to Oracle and decided like, we'll spend whatever thing. it takes to win. Yeah. Once they made that decision, the money came in on the back end, tying it back to what always we were talking does. about with DJ. And it's like, does, yeah, bro. the ba- having a solid baseline is cool. But it, prioritizing winning mm-hmm. <laughs> to the highest capacity exactly, bro. 
it'll come back and on the back what, end. And, and, and yep, they did that. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how mm-hmm. you circle that back. You already know that they did that. <laughs> yes, you know what I'm did. saying? And that's why KD wants to be a part of that. I truly believe. Yeah, that. he'll be. Yeah, I, I pr- truly believe. I'll that. be sitting up here up in the Rose City praying he don't show up back in uh, the Bay. Because yeah. that'll dash everybody. I think the conversations are being had. I think he's talking to Draymond. You see Draymond out here caping for him now. Mm-hmm. I, well, that's what I, he does. Draymond. I think he's talking to Steph because for Steph, it's all about championships too. I think Clay's Clay's just wants to win. Again, it's basket winning basketball is what is at the center for all of those guys, and and, and well, that's where they. For Kyrie Irving, I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about talking the Warriors. Shit. No, I'm talking oh, about the Warriors. Oh, oh yeah, I, we, we've already acknowledged that it ain't been for Kyrie Irving and it ain't been for Ben Simmons, which is why KD wants the hell out. And what better place or what is the polar opposite of what Kyrie and Ben Simmons have exemplified as basketball players? I won't say polar opposite because Kyrie is still a champion. I'll give him that. I don't. I want us to always acknowledge that Kyrie does still have a ring on him. But <laughs> but we were since just then. Hold on now we just ah, go ahead, man. But go since ahead. then, Ben Ben ain't won nothing. <laughs> Kyrie has at least won something. Right. And again, I will. I want like. Again, it's obviously easy to talk bad about Kyrie Irving, even in this even in this instance right now. But I because it's so easy, I like to also acknowledge that he is a champion. So I won't say polar opposite in that regard. But based on the behavior exemplified in recent years, I would say it's been polar opposite. But I don't I won't say that about Kyrie at his core because I know Kyrie has something in him that ultimately wants to go out there and win because I've seen him do it before. I ain't seen Ben Ben Simmons do it before. So, again, the fact that Kyrie is a question mark and Ben Simmons isn't proven, KD wants no part of that. You take it to the Blazers. Yeah, I think the Blazers are trending in the right direction. Again, that's why I think Dame deserves every penny because he's upheld this organization. But the Blazers ain't proven. Kevin Durant ain't getting no younger. He don't want to deal with nothing that's not proven. He knows what's proven over there in the San Francisco Bay. And he wants to get back to that because he's already dealt with the bullshit. He's already dealt with that in Brooklyn. He wants no he wants no more of that. He wants to ride in the sunset, keep winning championships, and he wants to be able to put because We talked about this the other day. I, Talk, we got it. We got it. No, let's hit the Patreon with that. All right, bro. we'll hit the Patreon with it. We'll hit the Patreon with it. Um, on that note, we're going to leave y'all the yeah, only way that yeah. we know hey, how, and that is to stay woke and go, go win. win. <laughs>